Ask BBB. Welcome to the program that brings you information from and about businesses that carry the BBB seal of accreditation, the sign of a better business. Your host on Ask BBB is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, Jennifer Matthews. Thanks and good morning, everyone. We are deep into October and only a little over a week away from that scary time, Halloween. But unlike the entertaining house of horror that we know is all in fun, there are some things in this world that we need to be cautious about. On this morning's bulletin board, we'll talk about BBB's report concerning online scams. And online scams are up 87% over the 2015 report. Ooh, that is scary. Now, speaking of scary, some people find taxes a little frightening. <laughs> well, it can be complex, but the best thing to do is be prepared. Although we are still a couple months away from the end of the year, now is the time to plan for the day you sit down to file your return. And we'll talk with the Canada Revenue Agency to learn about services they provide for small businesses and changes they should be aware of. And Jennifer, this is Small Business Week, and a great number of businesses accredited by BBB fall into that small business category. And when you look at the numbers, a micro business is one to four employees and small business is five to 99 employees. So yes, the majority of BBB accredited businesses fall into this category. And the rest would be medium sized businesses where there are 100 to 499 employees and then large businesses at 500 and more. So uh, this is a good time to talk about the benefits of accreditation for small and medium-sized businesses and some of the new initiatives being undertaken by BBB. Why do businesses support BBB through accreditation? Some of the reasons that we hear, and especially following our value of accreditation study, which asked our accredited businesses where they see the value, is that BBB accreditation allows them to show their customers that they have committed to ethics in their operations with consumers, that they have a trustworthy operation style, that they are committed to honesty and integrity within marketplace interactions. You've just uh, returned from an assembly of uh, CEOs and people involved with BBB right across North America. Uh, what did you bring back from that? So what we have been discussing is the next steps for the brand of BBB. BBB is a brand that's been around for over 100 years. And again, as we said before, signifying truth and ethics and integrity in the marketplace. What we're looking for towards now is talking about the BBB seal as the sign of a better business and how we can point you to those signs, how accredited businesses can display those signs, and what that can mean for consumer confidence in the businesses that they choose to engage with. Also, when we talk to businesses who are accredited, they share with us that using the accreditation seal, the sign of a better business, allows them to stand out above the crowd. Well, here's what Asad Eldik of Armour Shield Roofing had to say about what the seal means to him and to his business. In 2012, we won the Better Business Bureau Business Integrity Award, and we won many awards through the years, but that award is what is dear to my heart because it talks about integrity. And to have uh, a good rating with the BBB definitely helps the consumer pick the right company to do the work for them, and they can feel assured that the work is going to be done. And if by any chance something happens, because sometimes, you know, in, in, in things go wrong at work, 
they can also be assured that there is the BBB there to go and help them resolve that issue with the accredited business. And when we talked to Peter Rocco of Start.ca, he also felt that there was great importance to holding that sign of a better business. You know, it's been been a, a long time uh, that we've been been working with the BBB and uh, they've always been great. Um, you know, I think it's certainly a trusted source that people look at for for reviews and and anything that kind of helps um, instill that consumer confidence in a brand that they might not have an experience with, I think goes a long way, you know, that uh, other online reviews, et cetera. But you know, certainly BBB, I think, is is got a, a big part to play in that as well. And Jennifer, we talked about different sized businesses, and we heard from one business that is a one-person sole proprietor. That was Johan Kinting from GolfLondon.ca. Uh, one, uh, it's a validation uh, for would-be clients and customers. It's a reaffirmation for current clients uh, because when you're a client of Golf Lennon, um, we, d- we develop a relationship uh, and it's like a friendship. And over the course of time, you know, over one season, two seasons, three seasons, I have some students who've been with me going into the fourth season. I've got to tell you, I had a, people, a few people comment when I was able to plunk in that BBB logo onto my signature in my emails and onto my it's on the top banner of my website the bbb they were like good for you you know that's you know you you know you've earned it or you deserve it um so there's there's that aspect from a business owner uh, aspect it affirms me it, it lets me know that this crazy idea i had five years ago of launching into a whole new career um is recognized and that as a business owner, I get to participate with other business owners. In listening to Johan speak about what holding the BBB seal means to him and to his business, we see how important it is for instilling confidence in his consumers and instilling continued confidence in the consumers that have been with him for multiple years. Consumers are very well aware that not all businesses are better, and those that display the sign of a better business really stand out by using the seal in his email signatures, in the banner on his website, and aligning with a brand that stands for trust and integrity, he really makes his organization stand above the rest. So if there are small business owners right now listening, uh, and they would like to seek out information on accreditation, what should they do? Some of the easiest ways are to go to our website, bbb.org, and there's actually an online application now where you can complete and fill out all information required for, to start the application process, or you can call our office at 519-673-3222 and speak to anyone in the office. All right. And we want you to stay tuned now to find out how the CRA helps small business. You're listening to Ask BBB with your host, Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. There are more than 1.2 million small and medium-sized businesses in Canada, a significant part of our economy, and an important link in the tax structure. Paula Baxter-Taylor, liaison officer with the CRA, joins us now. Thanks for taking the time to be with us this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. 
So going into the break, we promised to learn how CRA helps small businesses. So let's start there. What CRA services are available to help small businesses with their tax obligations? We have a lot of services that are available. A lot of them are online now. We even have links set up on our on our CRA.ca website that will take you forward to the checklist for small businesses. There's um, a page for setting up your small business, as well as a page for small businesses and self-employed income. And those are all on the Canada.ca slash tax website. We also have a liaison officer service program. Um, we try to reach out to as many small business owners as we can just to sit down and have a very personal visit with them. Um, back before COVID, we used to go to their home or their place of business, pass them a package of tax information and just sit down and go through that information together. Um, since COVID, we are doing these virtually now. We're doing them through Microsoft Teams. Um, we still present them with the same information and it's a confidential educational service. So even if we see something wrong with their tax returns, we're not allowed to hold hands with any other departments. So it's very confidential um, and secure once we're in that meeting um, and they can ask any kind of tax questions they want. We do provide them with personalized information geared to their industry specifically. We present them with financial benchmarks. We go through books and records, maybe give them a sample of income and expense journals, things that they can follow along with. And the financial benchmark, basically it comes from Statistics Canada and it kind of gives them an idea where they're fitting in, where their expenses are lying, see if they're kind of in line with similar businesses. So we can compare mechanics to mechanics instead of mechanics to real estate agents. You know, their, their expenses would be significantly different. So it really helps to get new business owners on the right path from the beginning or, or pulled back into the right path instead of correcting it later on. Correct. But we don't want a lot of mistakes caught through audits. It, it seems very unfair. And a lot of the mistakes that are made are mistakes. They're not negligent. They're not, you know, trying to screw the system or anything like that. They're just errors. And when it comes to errors, we'd like to catch them now. And if we can catch them now and correct the errors, they have less to worry about in the future. When are small businesses required to collect GST, HST, and what are some of the consequences if they do not collect or remit those as required? Well, penalties and interest come to mind first. <laughs> um, so basically, when you register, you're required to register for HST once your business income exceeds $30,000. Prior to that, it's optional. You are required to register for HST if you are a taxi driver or a rideshare program, Uber or Lyft or anything like that. That's a requirement from day one. Other than that, it's optional up until you hit $30,000. Then you're required to file HST returns. Okay, and are there any other people in that platform economy? I'm thinking delivery apps as well, outside of rideshare apps? Um, delivery apps are, are a little bit different. They're more of a courier kind of service in that we, we link, we 
kind of nickname it interlining. They're not necessarily the ones that are going to be collecting the HST, but they're entitled to the HST on their expenses. If and when CRA decides to audit a small business, what should the business owner know about that process? We actually have um, a little link on our website and it's called What You Should Know About Audits. And basically what we're trying to do is just make sure everyone's being taxed fairly. Um, my taxes come off my paycheck every single pay. We just want to make sure that everyone else is you know, having the same type of experience. So we want to make sure that the legislation is applied fairly. And we would be looking at books and records. We would be looking at making sure that they're filing their, uh, you know, they're getting their obligations met. They're getting the entitlements that they're, they're allowed. Um, but we would want supporting documentation. We would want to look at the books and records. And, you know, if you're nice, the auditor asks you a question, as long as you can answer that question reasonably and in an appropriate amount of time, you know, explanations are allowed. How do you decide who will be audited? Well, when I was in audit, we were just told who to audit. <laughs> um, those decisions are made far above our heads. Now there, there are screeners that we have that just review files to see if there's anomalies that come up. Um, people, if they're filing HST returns, particularly at the beginning, may be looking at refunds and we're gonna wanna know why. You know, in a perfect world, you shouldn't be getting a refund of HST. But why do you, we just have a little exam ahead of time sometimes. Um, but for the most part, big audits are, are screened by higher people. Um, but it is understood that about one in four businesses will be audited at some point. And it's not nearly as scary as it used to be. You know, people are nice now. <laughs> Holly, can you tell us how CRA assists small businesses, tax consultants, and accounting firms in keeping abreast of the changes in tax laws and regulations? Well, this is something that takes place, again, outside of my realm. But as far as I'm aware, we used to do a lot of lunch and learns for accountants. And there's so much information available on our website. Anything new, a lot of these people subscribe to the emails so they'll get all of the changes as they come along. They're, they're right on top of it. Sometimes if you know, you're doing some research and you go online, some of the accounting firms have much clearer information about specific topics. Um, it, it, it's a great tool to use, the accounting firms. They're right on it, everything. They knew about those COVID benefits before a lot of the employees did. And what are the requirements, if any, for record keeping? Are paper copies required or are electronic records sufficient just so the businesses can be prepared? We don't care. We don't care if you keep your paperwork or if you do it electronically, but we want to be able to read those supporting documents. So if you go and fill up your car with gas and throw the gas slip on the dashboard of the car and the sun burns the ink off, that's no longer an expense. You can't justify it, right? So we need the supporting documentation. So whenever we've got issues with, you know, anything where the ink will rub off, 
you can scan it, you can take a picture of it, as long as you can support that expense down the road at some point, we've got no issues, whether it's paper or electronic. So that might be a good habit to get into, especially with those smaller receipts to the scan receipts, them sure. <laughs> in a batch. That's right. Um, are there any changes small businesses should be aware of that would affect their 2022 tax return? I don't think the changes have really kicked in for 2022. Um, I think they may have kicked in for 2021. The allowance for the purchase of a vehicle went from 30,000 to 34. Um, but other than that, in terms of the business, not a lot has changed. The same expenses are allowable and the same incomes required to be reported. So um, I guess in summary then, continuing to check the website and looking for guidance in advance of any issues coming up would be the best way for businesses to set themselves up for success. For sure. And people can go onto the My account under CRA and they can look at anything on there. You can check your RSP deduction limit. You can just look at your past returns. You can make payments if you have to. We have the same thing for My Business account where you can go in, you can see we can send you notifications to let you know that we've sent you mail so you don't think that it's a scam. Um, but the My Business account has a lot of information in there for small business owners. Great. Well, Paula, I want to thank you for taking the time this morning to share your knowledge with us and help us guide businesses to start off on the right foot when it comes to CRA requirements. Thank you for having me. It was nice meeting you. Paula Baxter-Taylor is a liaison officer with the Canada Revenue Agency. Coming up next, the BBB Bulletin Board and a report that notes online scams are on the increase. Welcome back. Well, it's time now to check the BBB Bulletin Board. Jennifer, one of the features of the BBB.org website is the BBB Scam Tracker. Yes, it has become an important tool in helping people keep ahead of the scammers. It's a self-reporting tool right across Canada and the USA and gives us a picture of scams happening in real time. As well, it provides data on the types of scams and the amount of losses to these fraudsters. The BBB compiles reports using this data and other sources to provide an overall picture of the scams. And the latest report available on the BBB.org website sees online scams on the increase. Yes, the report analyzed data from the scam tracker from 2015 to 2022, as well as a July 2022 survey, and it revealed that online scams have increased by 87% and phone scams have decreased by 42%. So this should really put us on alert. It should. And when we look at scams by phone, scammers are using text messages to push people to online scams. Once they get you online, the scam follows either a carrot or a stick to steal your information or your money. In the carrot scenario, the person hopes to gain something, to sell something, or they can continue because they are curious. The stick method then the stick method then continues because they feel they may lose something or they feel the situation is urgent and they need to do something about it. Are these scams that we might already be aware of? Well, online purchase scams are at the top with 89% of people reporting a loss. 87% of people who got involved in a cryptocurrency scam lost money. That's followed by romance scams, investment scams, employment scams, and government grant scams. So we know they're out there. Uh, how do they keep getting us? 
Well, 25% are lured in while browsing on social media or when they go shopping online. Some get a direct email. They might be attracted to something when searching a subject line. Or in some cases, they are lured in while doing a job search. Well, we'll want to read that full report titled Start with Trust Online, BBB Online Scams Report. And it's available in full on the BBB.org website. But before we leave it this morning, can you highlight the prevention tips that uh, are listed there? Absolutely. So if the deal looks too good to be true, it probably is. And tied to that, be careful purchasing sought-after products. Scammers offer highly sought-after products at great prices, but before you buy, do your research with a trustworthy source and avoid making quick purchases on social media. There are a few other tips, and the final note in that report is solid advice. Be skeptical about anyone who reaches out to you unsolicited. Survey respondents told us scammers produced fake business cards, websites, credentials, ratings, and more to convince them they were legitimate. So again, the full report can be accessed at bbb.org. And Jennifer, that's our time for Ask BBB this week. If you have any comments on what you've heard on today's program, we'd love to hear from you. And if there is a subject you'd like us to include, let us know. You can contact us at hashtag AskBBB and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews. And I'm Jim Swan. Remember, always look for the BBB seal. It's the sign of a better business. <laughs>